is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you all for tuning in today. In studio with me is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is Pastor Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I am humbled to be here with you, my friend. Excited, thankful, undeserving. Yeah, absolutely. Me as well. So uh, today's topic is actually uh, not very far from, uh, well, it is kind of far from where we were last week. Uh Uh-oh. Last week, yeah. I never know. Yeah, you never know because I never tell you. Yeah, but I'm in the dark. Here's the thing. You have never been unprepared for what I was going to talk to you about. Well, so. I'm glad you think that because I always feel unprepared. <laughs> well, what we're going to talk about is actually something you preached on. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, so That helps. Yeah. yeah it's, this is easy. So yeah. um, you, you've preached on it in a couple of different ways. And the reason why I even want to bring it up. Oh, by the way, excuse me. This uh, podcast is brought to you by our unofficial sponsor of Sparkling Water. I just want y'all to know. <laughs> we, we always drink sparkling water. Uh, we aren't endorsing a particular brand. It's we got just, multiple brands. Right we got here. multiple brands sitting in front of us, but Sparkling Water is uh, our unofficial host. Uh, uh, it's uh, not Fresca. It's not Fresca. <laughs> It's definitely not Fresca because Fresca has sugar. Yeah, yeah. So I think Pastor John made a big deal of that. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Apparently they were sending cases of Fresca <laughs> <laughs> to, to the church, and you know he was getting a bunch of it. So yeah, so yeah. Uh, backing up. So this this topic, the reason why I want to bring up this topic is because um, I really am want to be cautious um, in my dealings with uh, with with. Uh, any teaching that comes across me or my family. And um, you spoke about it uh, the last, uh, what was what date was Sunday? Last Sunday, mm. the 11th. So mm. what I'm referencing is uh, October 11th, that, uh, that sermon, mm-hmm. uh, which you can find that on the Bellcroft uh, Bible Church podcast, uh, BBC Audio. And uh, also um, on YouTube, on Bellcroft Bible Church's YouTube page. Go back and listen to it. It was actually um, Pastor Matt preaching out of Mark chapter 8. And the reason why I even bring it up is because of two reasons. The first reason is because uh, Mark chapter 8 verses 11 through 21 is really 14 through 21, but he went back to 11 um, to uh, uh, just for the context. one of the things that I wrote down from this sermon and one of the things that I really want to ask you about is this statement that you made. You think your story added to Christ is the gospel. Mm. You said that and it was like my ears perked up and I was like, oh, my goodness, like this is like that's, a, that's, that's an amazing thing. And being transparent as a kid growing up in the charismatic maniac church mm-hmm. charismaniac church that i grew up in uh church is i would say um one of the things that you learned as you are uh spreading the gospel or sharing the gospel is to give your testimony mm-hmm. and you're giving your testimony and you're coming from like well you know i used to be this way and then god you know changed me this way mm-hmm. and um it's really made me think about this is this is the first part of what i want to talk about so i'm just scrambling yeah. it up this way um, in, in, in the whole process of, of sharing the gospel is our story unimportant mm-hmm. is what we've gone through unimportant. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I may be talking to, you know, you know, maybe I, you know, used to be a thief sure. and there's a guy that is, you know, 
uh, locked up in jail. I'm yep. doing prison ministry. And, yep. you know, is my story of how I have been delivered out of that mm-hmm. unimportant, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, or should I just just stick to the gospel and just, just give the gospel presentation and just leave it as that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, the answer to your question is your story is not unimportant at all, right? Because the gospel is about uh, what Christ has done and will do for people, right? He dies specifically for people. And so the gospel is tethered to his uh, sacrificial atoning death on behalf of his church. And so you can't remove you can't remove the gospel from the personal aspect of what uh, sin is a personal issue, right? Sin mm-hmm. is not a... It's not an unidentifiable force that's nebulous, that's just this evil force. That's how most people think about it today. It's personal actions created by you and mm-hmm. created by me, and uh, that's what demands salvation is that we've, we've all are sinners at the core, and that's demonstrated by our choices of sin, which then are demonstrated by actions of sin. That's Mark 7, right? Out of the heart comes evil thoughts, evil deeds, wickedness, idolatry, all these things which we do because we're sinners to the core. So we have this personal aspect to it that we are sinners, and therefore we are going to be judged by God. Uh, He will judge all sinners, all unrepentant, unforgiven sinners will be judged by him because they must be judged by him, for he is holy and a just judge. And we deserve judgment because sin is ultimately rebellion against him. We've turned away from him. We've despised him. We've run from him. We've we've rebelled against him. So it's personal on every level, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's personal in my sin against God, my rebellion against him, my hatred of him. And it's personal in him sending his own son for me, right? Where he sends his son to die on my behalf, to take my sin upon him. Mm-hmm. So you can't ever remove the gospel from the personal side, the individual side of the gospel. Christ's death is not only propitious, right, where it appeases the wrath of God, but it's also substitutionary where he stands in the place of sinners, not in a nebulous general way, but in a specific sense. He bears your sin. He bore my sin. That's First Peter 2, right? He says that. Mm-hmm. He bore our sins on the cross, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Paul said it in Second Corinthians 5, um, 5.21, right? God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. All of that is very specific, personal language of substitution. The substitutionary atonement of Christ is foundational to the gospel. You take that out, you lose the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that is personal, right? Where right. he stands in the place of sinners. He's not, for a long time, this was a very common in church history, there's different phases in church history where an understanding of atonement went through phases. And um, there's multiple of these throughout the history. And one of those was that Christ was just an example where, where he is, his death wasn't substitutionary. It was, it was an example. By dying the way he died, by living the way he lived, he just stands as our example and we follow him. Well, there's some truth to that. Peter, in in 1 Peter 2, says that, that he is an example. He serves as an example, especially in the realm of suffering and all of that. So we don't deny that Christ is an example. We don't deny what Hebrews 12 says, that we follow him as our author and perfecter of our faith. 
But we also don't deny that he stands as our substitute. Mm -hmm. He is our savior in large part because he's our substitute. That's why propitiation is so uh, true and so comforting. Wasn't because of it's it's a um, mathematical equation. If I believe in God, then then His wrath is removed from me. Well, yes, but why is His wrath removed? Because it's already been poured out on Christ. That's why I'm comforted. I have no fear of the wrath of God. That's what Paul meant in Romans eight one. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, what does he mean? Because the wrath of God has already been poured out. On Christ, So God never sweeps our sin under the carpet. That's how most people think. Mm-hmm. It's like most people say, okay, you believe in me, I won't, I won't judge you now. No, no, he's already judged. He's judged Christ. That's the point. So that's very personal because he didn't judge Christ for Christ because he was without sin. Mm-hmm. He judged Christ for me, mm-hmm. right? And that, that, is, that is foundational to the gospel. No one ever can be truly saved unless they understand that it was their sin that drove Christ to the cross, mm-hmm. and it was their sin that Christ paid on the cross. If you don't understand that personal nature of it, you don't understand the gospel, mm-hmm. right? And so, and a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. They just see it as this mathematical equation, this nebulous thing. Well, yeah, I need help, and Jesus is my helper, so I trust Jesus. He's a lot more than a helper. Mm-hmm. He's a helper, no, no doubt. Mm-hmm. He's a savior. Right. As a matter of fact, he's your savior because mm-hmm. you need a personal savior. So. Mm-hmm. Any thought of removing a per, the personal aspect of the gospel is uh, not biblical, right? And uh, that's why um, Paul himself even uses that language in 1 Corinthians 15 when he talks about the importance of the gospel and how he preached to them, this is what I preached to you, that Christ came and he died and he rose again on the third day and and that he died for our sins, right? He's using that language of mm-hmm. personality, mm-hmm. right? He, didn't, he just doesn't say for sins. He said, no, he bore our sins, mm-hmm. right? Peter says the same thing. He, he, he bore our sins on the cross. Isaiah said the same thing in Isaiah 53, right? That our sins are the chastisement of, 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 of for us was laid upon him, mm-hmm. right? He was chastised on our behalf. And so there's very um, personal language in the gospel, and uh, and so it's you can't remove that, mm-hmm. right? You you can't ever think anything other than personal thoughts when you're talking about the gospel and when you evangelize. That's one of the struggles with evangelism is people make it not personal. Mm-hmm. They just want to talk about sin and and about the need for a, a savior in a very impersonal way mm-hmm. because it's not confrontational. Mm-hmm. Right? If I just talk about sin and we're all evil and and we're all in need of a savior, well everybody's fine with that right. until I look at you and say no you're evil. Mm-hmm. You it's your sin that drove him to the cross. Mm-hmm. It's your sin that deserves to be judged and it's your sin that God's coming for and he's coming for you as it says in Acts 17, and as it says in Romans 2, you're storing up wrath, his wrath, righteous wrath, because you've rebelled against him, and he's coming after you, and that day's already been set where Christ will judge you, as it says in Acts 17, and you better repent. That's why he commands, Acts 17, 30, 31, he commands everyone to repent because the day of judgment is coming. And so, therefore, it's very personal, right? Mm -hmm. So it's personal sin because of a personal Savior, and therefore demands personal repentance and faith. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, absolutely. Now, getting to the heart of really where you were going with your story, your testimony, 
um, without a doubt, our testimonies are helpful when we share the gospel. But our testimonies are not the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the dilemma when we're sharing the gospel. Clearly, we, we weave into the gospel at times what God has done for us. But whether, whether we do or we don't, that's not the gospel. I never have to talk to somebody about what God has done to me to share the gospel, right? Again, read 1 Corinthians 15. That's the gospel. That's the heart of it. That's one of the greatest passages in all the Bible. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you and, and, and see if you can pick up Paul's language here and, and, and listen to what he says. 1 Corinthians 15, right from, right from the very beginning. He says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preach to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all to one untimely born. He appealed also to me, for I am the least of all the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but, but the grace of God that is within me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preached, and so you believed." So when you hear that and you're looking at it, you're like, yeah, there's some definitely some personality there. He's using personal pronouns. He's speaking very specifically about it. But he's not share. He didn't share Acts nine. Acts nine is Paul's testimony. Mm-hmm. To road to Damascus, the blinding light, and mm-hmm. all that happened. He didn't share any of that. Mm-hmm. He shared his humility that he was called as an apostle, and he does. He's he's un he's undeserving of it. Mm-hmm. You could hear that coming out through his tone. But he didn't share all the specifics. He didn't share all the nuances. Would it be wrong? for him to do that no but he got right to the gospel at the very beginning which Mm -hmm. is what christ's death Mm -hmm. christ's burial christ's resurrection and then he validated it showing reminding them this is not some made-up story this comes look he came to all those people that saw him that physically ate with him and interacted with him that 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 it wasn't a ghost right it was a real person right so so one of the so it's not wrong and 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 we often naturally share what God has done. But the problem comes in when we think that our testimony is the gospel. Mm-hmm. It's not. The gospel, and this is where in today's modern church, the gospel has been so watered down that it just becomes our testimony. Hmm. And our testimonies are often unclear. Our testimonies are often emotionally driven. Our testimonies are often more experiential that are more personal to us because it's our story than it necessarily is objectively true and gets to the heart of the matter. You're always safer and better to stay with Scripture and bring the truth because it's always God's Word mm-hmm. that is going to change lives, right? God mm-hmm. can use our story, especially as it correlates with Scripture. I don't deny that. But that's that's that starts to take you away from Christ 
and begins to elevate you, whether you want it to be that or not. Mm. And people start looking to you. It's like, oh, I want to be like, I want to have a story like Buddy. And we've all seen this. When yeah. People stand up in church and it's like, mm-hmm. I was a drug addict. I was a prostitute. I was this, I was that. And the Lord saved me. That's awesome. Yes. And we're thankful for those testimonies. But what happens is when that becomes your gospel, right? It's your gospel. Mm-hmm. It's good news. And it is. It's your good news. But it should be all about Christ. Hmm. You can talk about, yes, and I'm a believer because God saved me from a wretched path. But it should be all about Jesus. It should be all about that person being a sinner and how Jesus is the only answer. And let me tell you who Jesus is. Let me tell you what Jesus has done. Let me tell you all these things about him. Not about me, but about him. Don't look to me. It's about him. Focus on him. And that's the gospel. Right, and that's what we see preached. When Paul preaches throughout Acts, you you see him right now. There's times in which he talks about it when he stands before uh, Felix and Festus in the end of Acts. Yeah, he talks about the gospel in the sense of he preaches the gospel, and then he says, "This is what happened to me," and he shares his testimony of blinding light and all of that that happened. So it's not that you can't do that. Of course you can. But you have to do that within the context of elevating Christ and not yourself. And I know, for one, that my heart is exactly what the Bible says, deceptive and wicked. And if I'm not careful, I can quickly take a, a, um, a gospel opportunity and turn it into self-exaltation. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to glorify myself. I don't want to point to myself in any way. I want to point to Jesus. Now, I can do that by talking about what God has done to me, and I often will, depending on the context. And I'll say, man, God has saved me. I was born in a Christian home, but I rebelled against him. I turned against him, but God saved me anyway. He came after me. And, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll use lines like that, showing the, the actual personal impact that Christ has made on my life. But that's, you can have that or take it. It doesn't change the gospel. Nothing about the gospel presentation revolves around what has happened to me. It's all about this right here. Mm. It's all about what Christ has done. I mean, you hear me share the gospel just about every single Sunday Mm -hmm. from the pulpit. And do I ever really talk about me? No. No, I talk about the Lord. And Mm. so that's the gospel. Whether we add our story in or not just depends on the context. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it, you know, it relates and it helps people see if they're struggling with something that's helpful, and that could be good. Other times, it's not helpful. You might not have the time. You, you, This person may not really understand. It may confuse them, whatever. But one thing's for sure, what you need to get to them is the truth. And this is the truth, the scriptures. That's the truth, and that's what we focus on. And so my life testimony is nothing more than an illustration. That's all it is. It illustrates the gospel, and that's helpful at times. But I don't really need the illustration most of the time. Mm-hmm. I just need the the information, the truth of the gospel. The Holy Spirit then will use that and um, run with it. The other part about testimonies like that, and again, they're not wrong. We baptism every time we do one, right? That's all mm-hmm. it is. It's a personal testimony, mm-hmm. and people share it. But if you've noticed, when people share our personal testimonies from like in our baptisms, how much of their personal testimony is focused on them? Not very much. Mm-hmm. It's in the beginning. They talk about you know their life of sin and their 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 unbelief, but they quickly because they're shepherded in that way. They quickly get away from themselves and turn to Christ, mm-hmm. and then the whole rest of the testimony is the gospel. It's mm-hmm. all about 
Christ coming and saving us from our sins and why he saves us from our sins, why he can save us from our sins, why he's the only one who can save us from our sins. Mm -hmm. That's the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, yeah, that's so vital. But many today feel like they, um, they have to share, you know, a personal story. And again, I want to be clear, nothing wrong with that. As long as you're sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. as long as your story is an illustration to the gospel, no problem. But you don't need to do that every time because your story is not the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. not of Buddy Boone or Matt White, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes we get confused about that. And uh, can I weave that in? Absolutely. Do we see that in Scripture? Absolutely. But is that the gospel? Absolutely not. I don't need to ever share what Christ has done to me to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, it, it is extremely convicting, too, and here's why. Um, I remember as a teenager, um, part of my rebellion <laughs> was actually so that I could have a better testimony. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people think that. They want that. Yeah, so I was like, yeah, you know, I need, I need to have a good testimony so that when I witness to people, it's like, wow, you went through all of that? Like, yeah. And God still saved me. But as I look back now, I'm thinking like, like God was still gracious because he could have left me right there. Yep. I, I walked away, rejected Christ. He could have left me there. Yeah. And how many kids that grew up now, you know, that, you know, maybe were my age and did the kind of the same thing because I was this church boy. That's you know, it. I was I was you, and know, you were used to hearing those stories. I was used to hearing the, like these yeah. crazy stories of, of drug abuse and, you know, alcoholism and, you know, prostitution and, and, and drug and, dealing. And, and all what that. do you and what do you remember about all those stories? I remember the drug dealing, exactly. the prostitution, all of that stuff. Rather than focusing on Christ. Right. That's the point. Right. So it just, you just proved my point. Mm-hmm. I've had so many people during our baptism class bring that up mm-hmm. and share, you know, think about, and this is just the reality of, of, of maturing in Christ, and especially younger younger adults, and they'll just say, you know, I, I really don't have much of a, a gospel testimony, and, and, and that's what they mean. They, you know, I haven't lived a, a life of blatant prostitution or drug abuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, you know, I was born in a Christian home and, you know, X, Y, Z. And I always say the same thing. I'm like, oh, but you, you, you're not understanding clearly. So are you telling me you're not a sinner? Are you telling me you're less sinner than them? Mm-hmm. Are you telling me that your heart's not wicked? Mm-hmm. You're telling me that you didn't openly rebel against God and turn away from him and go your own way? You're telling me you didn't thumb your nose at God and say, I'm going to do it my way? Well, of course, they're all like, no, no, yeah, that's what I did. I'm like, that makes you pretty wicked. Mm-hmm. That makes you pretty evil. Mm-hmm. And it's like well, light bulbs are going off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, the Bible is clear. For all have sinned mm-hmm. and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. For every man, all the way back in Genesis, every man has evil continually in his heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, the scriptures are, they, the scriptures does not sugarcoat any of us. It puts us in a place of wickedness. And yet, for some reason, we categorize these, these uh, sins in lesser and greater. And there are levels of sin. We know that in scripture. Some sins you're stoned for and others you weren't. So I'm not denying that. Yet in the eyes of a holy God, right, they're all worthy of damnation. And we need to know that and see that and not and not uh, view this man-centered perspective that we often do. And so that's just part of the modern church. That's all that is. That's just offsprings of, 
of failing to preach on sin, failing to preach on the depravity of man, mm-hmm. failing to be clear on man's innate wickedness, and uh, because the church has labored so long in shallow preaching and a false gospel and false gospel presentations that are driven by stories and skits and emotionalism, that's the product of that. You you then raise up a generation of people that really don't know the gospel, really don't understand uh, that it's about Christ, it's about sin, it's about repentance, rather than stories and experiences of... of uh, of whatever, right? And um, mm-hmm. so, yes. So I want to be recap. I want to be really clear because I know our audience is diverse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, interweave your story into the gospel as you can when it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. When it's appropriate, do that. It'll be a blessing, no doubt. I oft, I'll often say to people, you don't need evangelism training if you're a true believer. You don't. You mm-hmm. don't need it. Right. If you are a true believer, you know all you need to know to share the gospel. Right. You were a sinner. Christ saved you. Tell that story, mm-hmm. but tell the story of Christ, not you. Hmm. That's the deal. Right. You recognized your sin. You explained that, not you, but the sin, mm-hmm. that you're a sinner before God. Because they relate, because they're the same as you. Man. And you tell the story about who Christ is, because mm-hmm. they can relate, because he's the same Savior. Mm-hmm. But don't talk about you for 25 minutes. Because that, that takes them away. Now you're just, you're filling your mind. This is the part we don't like to think. Mm-hmm. We're putting in people's minds pictures, images. You just brought them out. Yeah. You said, I remember all the stories of prostitution and drug abuse and all. You're putting those pictures in people's minds that they'll replay in ways that, who knows? You don't, I don't, I don't want to lead people down that path. Yes, I was a wicked sinner. Yes, I rebelled against the Lord. I don't need to explain that to you. When I say I'm a wicked sinner, I'm a wicked sinner. Like, I don't need, you know what that means. Right. It's like I said, I don't need to stick my nose in a sewer pipe to know it stinks. Mm-hmm. I just say, that's a sewer pipe. And you go, oh yeah, staying away from that. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, no, get to the point that you want in their mind. And that is, Christ is holy, but Christ is gracious. Mm-hmm. Christ is our savior. He's the only one. That's the images you want in their mind. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to stop here and then come back next time. But now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good, and just. He must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own Son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal Son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone, everywhere, to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, 
but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.